Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org. Good morning, Revival Life Church. Thanks for joining us online. Man, that was good worship, right? Like, I love worshiping with the Revival Life Church family. I'm so thankful that we get to get together like this online. I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ is not bound to a building. I'm pretty excited this morning. Uh, We're starting a new message series called Holy Week. It's a two-part message series starting today, obviously. It's going to conclude next week. Uh, and, and we're going to go over what this is, uh, the Holy Week. Uh, I, I, um, it's, 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 we're at a kind of a crazy time, like I said last week. Anxiety is at an all-time high, it seems. It seems like you'll be good one day, and the next day things feel crazy all over again. As we're dealing with this coronavirus pandemic, and you know, there's no coincidence that pandemic has the same root word as pandemonium because if you've been to Publix or you've been uh, to shopping at all, it feels like there's pandemonium happening out there. People are losing their minds and this world needs the peace that Jesus brings. Amen? Like this world needs peace. And it's caused some people to wonder what, what, what does the Bible have to do with today? What is Jesus what does religion have to do with what's happening in our world right now? Now that we're seeing a pandemonium, now that we're seeing a pandemic, now that we're seeing crazy people, we're seeing people do different things in the name of God all over the news. What, what, what does the word have to do with it? What does Christianity have to do with it? And I'm here to let you know today that our faith is applicable today. The New Testament, a good portion of it was written by the Apostle Paul. Now, Paul knew a thing or two about pandemonium. He knew a thing or two about uncertainty. Paul was in prison uh, and and he didn't know if he was going to live or if he was going to die. He had a call on his life. He was an apostle. He was a preacher. Uh, He prophesied. He did miracles. He knew that God had called him to Rome, but he didn't know how he would get there as a preacher or a prisoner. And I just find it so applicable today that while Paul was in prison, he wasn't stuck. He was penning what turned into be our New Testament. I know Paul probably at times didn't know what was going to be happening. He didn't know where it was going. He didn't know where this thing was going to end. And I know that feels that same way for us. It used to feel like we were going month by month, and then it turned into week by week, and now it's almost day by day. We don't know what's going to be happening. And the people who were in this word, they're people just like you and I. They were experiencing the same fears, and Paul was experiencing the same things. I I can imagine while he was locked up with that call of God in his life, and time was ticking by, it felt like time was running out. Felt like that timeline was moving on, but life wasn't. I know sometimes we can feel that way. Even in the midst of this 
pandemic. It can feel like life is moving on. It, it, it can feel like time is running out. I, I don't know what the timeline you had for your life. Maybe you thought you'd be married by now. Maybe you thought that your business would be going in one direction and now the economy is going in another. Maybe you thought you'd own a home by now. Maybe, maybe you thought you'd have kids or you'd be in retirement or, or you just had life goals that you were going to fulfill and yet time feels like it's running out. It's like this place that we're stuck in between where God is going to have us and where we're at right now and we're not moving forward. Paul understood this. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul said, my life is like a drink offering being poured out. You ever felt that way? Like your life is just being poured out? It's just being spilled out? I'm here to tell you that a life spent on God is not wasted. And Paul didn't just let time go by. It was an offering to God. And I just believe that we can find some practical tips right here in the Word for dealing with this season. We, as we enter into Holy Week, this is, starts with today. Some people call it Passion Week or Holy Week. It starts with today, which is called Palm Sunday. It ends next Sunday, uh, which is Easter Sunday, when we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And in that week, in that final week of the life of Jesus, before he was crucified and resurrected on Easter Sunday, it's, it's important to, to examine what Jesus did in that week. I find it, what would you do in the last week of your life? Jesus spent it washing feet, having a meal with his disciples. These are the internal things that last forever. We see that Jesus had this, what we call the Last Supper, and we're going to gather today around the communion elements again. And I hope you have them ready. I hope you have some juice and your crackers or bread ready. And we're just going to join the table of the Lord together here. And in this chaotic time, just like Jesus was in a chaotic time, in this chaotic time, God knew the chaos that we would be in. And he instituted the table where we could sit down together with him. In Psalm 23, there's a prophetic word about this. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. And today, Jesus is waiting for you at the table of the Lord. He's waiting for you to pour grace on your head like oil, that your cup would overflow with new life. And this is what I believe is going to happen today as we gather around this table. Now, there's anxiety in the world today, and it's easy to think that this anxiety is something we have to get past, but anxiety is an indicator. It's, it's not an obstacle. Anxiety is an indicator that our focus is on something other than the promise of God, other than Jesus Christ and what he is speaking to us in this season. In Philippians chapter 4, 6, and 7, the new choral version says, don't be anxious, but pray with thanksgiving. Then you get the peace. Don't be anxious for anything, but pray with thanksgiving. Then you get the peace. This is so important where he said, we pray with thanksgiving. This thanksgiving unlocks the joy of the Lord. This thanksgiving unlocks the peace of God. When we consciously choose to bring thanksgiving when we bring thanksgiving on purpose, we, we choose the table of the Lord. We choose to sit down with him in the presence of our enemies. Luke recorded the words of Jesus in what we call the Last 
Supper. He says in Luke chapter 22, verse 19, he says, When Jesus had broken bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He could have told us to do all kinds of stuff. But he said, do this in remembrance of me. This, this receiving with thanksgiving, we call it communion. And some call it the Eucharist. Now, this receiving with thanksgiving, the Greek is the Eucharisteo. Now, I know that's not how you pronounce it, but that's how we're going to say it today. Eucharisteo. It literally means to be thankful. He received it with thanksgiving. Now, this word Eucharisteo, it's wrapped around the root word charis. Charis means grace. Literally, this Eucharist, this communion envelops the grace of God. This, this charis, this grace of God based on the word kara, which is joy. This joy brings grace and it's wrapped around the table of the Lord that we receive with thanksgiving that releases the joy of God in our lives. We don't have to have our lives based on anxiety. We don't have to have it based on worry or feeling that time is slipping by. We actually get to be in the presence of God. This deep joy that God has for us, this deep kara joy that God has for us is found at the table of the Lord. It's the table of thanksgiving. It's right here. It's the center of our faith. It's the instructions of Jesus that brings joy in the midst of hard time. It's receiving the bread of life with thanksgiving. This is what we do when we come to the table of the Lord. It's not a religious thing that we do. It's not a ceremonial thing. It's actually joining the Lord at his table. Paul had a messenger of Satan torment him and he asked Jesus, he said, can you please make this stop? Paul actually records that he asked him three times and in his letter to the church in Corinth, Paul talked about it and he said in 2 Corinthians 12, he says, I asked God to make it stop and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. That grace, that charis, which is found in the presence of the Lord at his table. I feel like Paul understood this. Paul received of the grace of God. He was able to commune with God. And this is what we need to be able to do in this time, right here in our living rooms. To join in the grace of God. To enjoy the presence of the Lord. Now, we can't ignore the problems of the world. We can't just invent our own news and say things don't matter. That's, that, that, that's not helpful. It's not truthful. It's not honest. Denying problems is not faith. Paul didn't deny his problems. Jesus didn't deny his troubles. We can't deny our troubles. Jesus doesn't actually want us to. He wants us to bring them to the table in the presence of God and give thanks to God in the midst of them. Literally sitting down at the table in the presence of our enemies. This is the table the Lord has prepared for us. Like Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4. That he has been perplexed. But not given to despair. Man I've been perplexed in this season. 
I, I don't know when it's going to end. I, I just feel like, what's next? They say, you know, hurricane season's coming, and they say it's going to be a, a bad hurricane season. Like, come on, what else, right? Like, the first earthquake in Florida history? Like, what, what else? I mean, are they going to cancel college football? I mean, what could get worse at this point? That's a, that's a joke. It doesn't translate as well, clearly. But Jesus, Jesus invites us to eat this bread. Now, it's super important to remember that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, of course, means house of bread. Jesus was born, he was put in a feeding trough. The bread of life. Born in the city of the house of bread. Placed in a feeding trough. And he said, whoever comes to me will never hunger again. At this Eucharist, Jesus said again in Luke twenty-two nineteen, 19. He took some of the bread and he gave thanks. And he broke it and he gave it to them saying, This bread is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You know, as, as, as we prepare to gather around the table of the Lord together, virtually and physically in your own homes, it's important that we remember Eucharist Deo. It's, it's, it's not the bread. It's, it's, it's not the juice. It's the thankfulness. It's, it's, it's gathering in thankfulness that releases the grace. The disciples thought that Jesus came to give them bread like, like manna that came to the children of Israel in the wilderness. But Jesus came to be bread for them and for us. You know, they, they made the unleavened bread and they had the cup of wine and, 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 and Jesus offered it to his closest disciples at the Passover. And this marked the end of one era and the beginning of a new one. It marked the end of one covenant and the beginning of a new covenant. It marked the time from law and punishment to a time of thanksgiving and grace. When you decide to look at your life with thanksgiving and invite Jesus to the table, you declare that a better day is coming. You declare that though I'm in the presence of my enemies, I sit down at the table of the Lord who gives me the bread of life and a new day is coming. This is what I'm believing today. This is what I'm believing internally and for our city and, and for our county and, and for South Florida and for our country that a new day is coming. I'm believing that revival is coming to South Florida soon. I'm believing that we're going to see a move of the Spirit of God across the face of the land where young and old worship Jesus Christ together. And, and those who never knew him join with those who have and say, Holy is the Lord. The story in the Bible, the first words of God to man is eat. The great picture of heaven in the book of Revelation, it's a feast at a table with God. Augustine of Hippo said, Christ is the bread awaiting hunger. This is what we're inviting you to join with us in today. We're not just doing a ceremony like we do 
on the first Sunday of every month. No, you and I are going to join together virtually at the table of the Lord. Jesus knew that there were going to be times of persecution, times of trouble that we're going to feel alone. Times that we're wondering what's happening in the world. And Jesus didn't say, I'm going to lift up all the mystery and you're never going to have to wonder again. He, that, that was not the promise of God, though I wish that it were. The promise was, lo, I am with you, even to the end of the age. This is the promise of God. And if you're not sure where he is, you can pray in tongues and you can have communion with the Lord. We can invite him to the table. We can sit down and prepare the elements, the bread and the juice and welcome him to the table and offer up our lives with thanksgiving and receive what the Lord has given to us. Maybe you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe, maybe today you're just sitting with somebody in your room or maybe you're away from God right now and you're just watching. And I want to invite you today that today can be the day that you decide I'm starting afresh with Jesus. Here's what we say. We're just going to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died on a cross for me. And I thank you that this sacrifice of the life of Jesus brings me into relationship with Father God. And as I'm preparing to receive the table of the Lord here, I'm trusting that you're going to be right here with me. Fill me with your spirit and give me power to be a witness. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Pastor Trace is going to come and join me and we're going to crack open 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and we're going to share the table of the Lord with you. So get your elements together, get, get your communion elements. And, uh, and here, I'm going to do this. And we did see this is like a restaurant. I know you haven't been to one of those in a while. This is like someone coming and serving food. You remember what that's like, right? You guys remember when we used to go places and do stuff? You remember that? That was fun, right? Was. That was a good time. All righty. All right. So you want to get your bread and you can pause if you have to. And then we're just going to receive the table of the Lord together. Now the apostle Paul said, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So we're going to break it right here. Honey, you want to grab a little bit there? We'll break it together. Oh, that was a weak piece right there, I'll tell you what. Hallelujah. So go ahead. and Father, we thank you that you are have sent the bread of life, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we would never hunger again. You said if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we will be filled. And we thank you that Jesus Christ is our righteousness and we receive him. And Father, it says in your word that Jesus Christ bore the stripes for our healing. And right now, anybody dealing with sickness, we just release healing upon their bodies right now as they receive this body broken for them. You can receive the bread of life, the body of the Lord. Hallelujah. Then he says, in the same way he took the cup after the supper, saying, this is a cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you poured out life for us. That you poured out your life for us. 
That it's your promise that at this table you would join us. And that you would send your spirit, your comforter. And that you would wash us clean of sin and you would give us a new hope. You would give us grace. You would pour oil on our heads and fill us with joy. Ha! I pray right now in the name of Jesus for every person receiving of this cup, Lord. That you would fill them with new hope and new life. In Jesus' name, receive the cup of the Lord. Hallelujah. Ha! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Tracy and I just want to thank you for joining us this morning. Wow. Mm, I feel the anointing of God, honey. Ha! Ha! Wow. Hmm. We just, mm, thank you for joining us this morning. We just declare in the name of Jesus, the peace of God over your life, the anointing of the Lord, the protection of your Savior. We declare, we declare good days ahead and a new season is coming. Hey, we invite you to join a prayer group. Join us online for our Friday night intercession. We love you and let us know if we can be of any help. God bless you. Have a great week. Hallelujah.